I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. Welcome back to Auto Travel in a Journey. Today I'm sitting down with Jessica Sanders in Melbourne. Hi, Jess. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for making time. I've stumbled across Jessica when I found out about her latest publication in Germany, which is called Liebe Dein Körper, but the book originally came from Australia. So the title is Love Your Body, and it's... Um, it's an animated book. It's a picture book for people, uh, for women and for boys or for girls and for boys to find their strength in their own difference. That's how I see what the book is about. Yeah. So Jessica, you're beyond the author of this book. You're also a social worker. And I've also read that you are um, for gender equality and for body acceptance that's kind of like your voice where you put your voice these days right in your work yeah Yeah, definitely i think um the common theme is um yeah creating a more equal world where we view everyone as people and don't you know make judgments or binaries um to just encourage people to be their best selves and try to create safe spaces where they feel valued and heard and included yeah yeah so how did you how did you start this project about the book so maybe you can say a few words about the book because i didn't say much there people might have not come across it so can you say a few things about the book and why you wanted to it to come into the world yeah yeah so um it uh, kind of the idea for the book happened um mid 2018 i reckon and um, basically it was during a conversation with my housemate, who's also my best friend, Hannah, and we were just ranting and raving about, it was actually about labiaplasty surgeries on the rise amongst young women. So that's like vaginal surgery. It's unnecessary, cosmetic, and dangerous, expensive, and just a product of a unattainable beauty ideal. Uh, when it comes to women, it was just like another thing that we, girls have to deal with basically. And I was just like, I'm so sick of girls having to deal with this stuff, having to change and alter their bodies in dramatic ways and waste all this time and energy focusing on um, how they look, basically. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, we're both saying we've got to do something. And I had increasingly be feeling that I had to do something. And I'd been um, feeling very frustrated, kind of angry. I had done my, um, post, my postgraduate cert in gender. And so I was just feeling really frustrated of all the disadvantages against girls. And, and so I was like, I've got to do something. And she's like, you should write a book. And I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> um, why not? Um, I hadn't thought about it before, to be honest. But um, two weeks before that, I'd interestingly had a kind of a decision that I'd come to. I was kind of grappling with my identity and what I wanted to do as a young person, I guess, at the time. I would have been 24. Um, and I was basically, my thing was photography and I did my undergrad in photography and I'm a creative person and that was my identity. And, but it wasn't giving me the same joy that it used to. And so I just said, 
Um, at one point I was like, I have to close the door on that for now. Maybe I'll come back to it one day, but I kind of opened a new door and I was really open to anything. So I was ready to give anything a try. Um, and so when she was like, you should write the book, I was like, yep, I'll give it a go. I did my research. I realized that the book I was imagining didn't exist at all. Um, I went to a bookstore. I asked, I'd done all my research on the internet, but I wanted to ask some booksellers, some experts, like, do you have a book with diverse bodies, like all kinds of female forms, um, you know, cellulite stretch marks and just representation was really integral. I didn't see myself represented growing up. Like I am a white female, so I definitely did, but I didn't see someone like me who was taller, broader shouldered and that kind of stuff. I just saw sort of daintier girls and I was desperately looking to see myself represented. So that was really important. Um, and I just wanted to put some softer guiding words in there that came from the lessons that I'd learned. So when I was looking for it, it didn't exist anywhere. I couldn't find it. Um, and the lady in the store actually said, she's like, if you make this book that you're talking about, I'll put it in this store. I was like, great. Oh, wow. Which it did end up being in that store. And we had an event there at one point, um, which was really nice full circle. But um, yeah, so kind of from there, I just felt um, a real kind of un untapped energy source to make this thing come to life. Like I was still doing my master's at that time in social work. Um, mm. And I was just like busy, busy, busy. Um, but I just always found time for this project because it just meant the world to me and it was really important. And um, yeah, I kind of, I found this amazing illustrator online, Carol Rossetti, who did the illustrations. Yes. Um, and she's just amazing. Yeah. At, at capturing the female form in a really authentic way that's accessible yeah. to children. Yeah. Um, so I actually just emailed her and I was like, Hey, would you be keen to do this? And she was like, I'm on board. Absolutely. Uh -huh. um, so from there, it just kind of, yeah, it sort of graduated. And then I did a Kickstarter, like a crowdfunding campaign, because at the time I thought a book like this, I just didn't know if a traditional publisher would be interested in it just uh -huh. because it was quite, um, it's sort of out of the box. It's not your normal category, I guess, for a, this yeah. kind of a book. It doesn't fit into a mold. It's actually what we had a lot of trouble finding a German publisher because it didn't fit into a distinct category. Um, and so I thought, I don't want to compromise on this message, on what we include. You know, it's actually the first children's book to have cellulite and stretch marks in it. So yeah. I thought, I'm going to do it myself. I'll self-publish it. And um, yeah, that, yeah, that will be. Um, and it had a lot of groundswell community support from particularly the body positive community. Um, but m mostly mm. it was just women who were like, oh, I wish I'd had this when I was growing up. This is the book I need. <laughs> this is the messages I needed. And it's the visuals absolutely are the book we need, you know, um, if I'm, <laughs> you, I like it. You're, you're on a roll there. Um, Sorry. I can, <laughs> no, I love it. Um, there was a little thing that I noticed you saying, you know, there was, um, because I think we are women and we're screaming for it. And a lot of us have ended up like my age group, you know, now I'm in my fifties and we, we've kind of seen the trauma and we heard different women rising up for e equality and whatever, but the whole thing where it starts in the body, you know, that we, we start to put this shame on our bodies and that we still, even after so many uh, years of self-work, sometimes can end up subconsciously in these categories. So my what piqued my interest, what you were describing earlier is like you, you found courage to something like you didn't find yourself being 
represented well enough in the way you know you grew up and what was that one thing that turned it around for you where you said like oh yeah this was helpful for me at the time um it was actually ironically through instagram because instagram can be a really harmful tool um or platform but it or, but it can be a useful tool as well and i found a model in my early 20s that looked kind of like me and that was that was kind of it like she had curvier hips um and she had broader shoulders and she was about six foot tall and she wasn't the kind of tall that's um the very very thin that you see on maybe a catwalk yeah yeah just normal the only kind of acceptable tall that we seem to see she was like tall and she was proportionate and um yeah my whole life i guess i just been waiting to see someone like that because that that was me and when we don't see ourselves represented in the content that we consume, we think that we are not right, <laughs> that we're not normal or whatever that means, but we're also not desirable. We're not um, important and to be held on a pedestal, mm. uh, which, which means that we're always striving to be something other than ourselves. So that's, yeah, that's kind of when I saw that image that kind of clicked for me and it really helped me. And then I sought out more and more imagery and women who were representing something that, I hadn't seen before you know they were showing cellulite and they were showing their fat rolls and they weren't being shameful about it and they were yeah. talking about their own recovery and what they've had to do to unlearn these toxic messages and I was really inspired by them so from that I think I realized the true power in representation that you know we just want to see ourselves and we can't be what we can't see um so that's yeah why it was so important in the book yeah um I'll, I'll notice that with my own daughter, who is not a common uh, body type, you know, as, as we see it represented. And even it's not that she's watching television because we don't have TV. I mean, she's watching YouTube and whatever, and she doesn't like movies. She, she watches more cartoons. So it's all not that real. But when, when she's at school, there is like here in Germany, in Berlin, there's a certain type of girl that's growing up and they they don't have any influence of that either you know but they all she always calls them like they look like leeks you know they they don't have a front they don't have a back they don't they're, they're all the same kind of shape and she is not that shape and that it was super difficult for her to discover when she moved to Germany because before she was living in Costa Rica and she was living in she comes from Africa and where the body forms are so different. So now she finds herself almost like on a, a different planet, you know, being in a different country and noticing these differences just by going to school. That was my impression, you know, and then of course she grows differently and she is at this very important phase that you kind of mention in the book about puberty, you know, when we're not only hit with the difference we already noticed, but then all the emotions come along the way and we feel ourselves kind of as women spiraled into this bizarre growth where we don't know how to love ourselves uh, and we're more in rejecting ourselves. I think that's, that's mainly what, what I see. Is that, you know, does that resonate? Yeah, for sure. I think that it's such a hard world out there for girls but like the average girl will become critical of her body at eight and so when we're going at puberty through puberty say like you know 11 12 13 we've already been in a negative body image space we've already been able to be critical of our bodies and often that's of its size so when we go through puberty and we inevitably become bigger that can be a really huge um i guess trauma point or point of anguish for 
women because we're told that we're not meant to be bigger, that we're not meant to take up too much space. So when we start taking out more space on top of all the hormones and the changes that come on quickly and how we settle with those and the comparison that happens. So we're looking around and going, that person's body changed in that way and mine has only changed in this way. Like the problem I have with a lot of puberty books, because before Love Your Body, there was mainly just puberty books that I was finding and they're all one kind of body. And they say that you'll get boobs and hips and this will happen. And, but not everyone's body changes like that. Some no. people, you know, so it's setting up, <laughs> it's, we don't all morph our puberty and look exactly the same. This hourglass figure with big boobs and hips, like that's not what happens. And so it again, sets up false expectations about how our bodies should be when yeah. we don't show enough different types. Um, yeah. So I really feel for girls and I, I just wanted, um, I think I've written the book in, in my voice because it's uh, my mum gave me some advice when I went to write it. I just didn't know where to start because I haven't really fancied myself a writer. And I was like, oh, I don't know where to start. And she's like, just what would you say to a young girl? I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I can do yeah. that because I've been a, you know, a support worker or I, um, you know, I've gone into schools and worked around this facilitation around, you know, consent and respect and bodies. And I, I feel confident um speaking in that way so yeah I really wanted it to be a kind inclusive voice and a book that they could come back to if they were having a a bad day or questions about yeah loving their bodies or body image um self-care all that kind of stuff yeah what comes to me in your voice which almost makes me think like oh this is where I still need to go you know is this absolute compassion for your body you know when I saw When I saw that book, it was almost like, yeah, what am I still hunting the same ideas of body figures? Because, I mean, let alone that a young girl goes through these changes and observations, you know, as women, as we grow older, we're going through the same observations on and on and on. This never ends. It's not like... Um, Wow, you know, and then I, when I read your words, they were almost so compassionate and open and true. You know, that I think that's why it kind of really hit home with me and my daughter, because it's not something that is made up like, you know, a, a Bible. So um, stay out, calm and carry on, you know, like one of these yeah. marching orders. It's, it's really written from the person. So intriguingly enough i would be interested is this something the confidence that you've been kind of brought up with or is this something you earned or is this something that has changed with time for you um i think like i love what you said about them all being true because that's kind of what i was going for i was like you know these are the things that um we can't refute that are true and that you know i struggle to find the right balance because we do live in a world that seems to value beauty among amongst all else so I didn't want to set this false expectation that wasn't in you know that there, it wasn't going to be a bit tricky sometimes because mm -hmm. I think sometimes these books can be falsely positive and so I wanted them to be yeah compassionate and positive but in a realistic way that kind of held you when you had low points and celebrated when you had high points um, and I have been lucky enough to be fairly confident my whole life I was not confident in my body as a child but I was confident in my abilities and um, my voice I've always been given a a voice to have an opinion as a child. Um, so that was really helpful. Mm. Um, and that actually, I think really got me through it probably stopped me from going down the slippery slope of developing an eating disorder because I, you know, channeled my interest and passions into other things and I got confidence from it enough that I didn't kind of falter and fall. 
Um, but it, yeah, so I sort of, I reckon from probably five or six years old, I was very aware that I was taller and bigger than other children. And that is mostly due to the fact that adults would tell me that. They would be like, oh, you're so tall. Like, honestly, yeah. when I used to work in hospitality and I would like come up in a cafe daily, someone would say that to me before saying hello. Wow. And what that says is, oh, like I see your body before I see you. And I'm, I am taking in your body and I'm critiquing it and I'm making an evaluation. And when I would come back and say, hey, that's not very nice, they would be like, well, I'm saying it as a compliment. I'm like, I still don't want to hear it because it's, it's, you're talking about my body in an objective way. And um, I'm a person. So, yeah, so like that kind of commentary really made me critically aware. And then, you know, as I went in, up and into high school, I did a lot of dieting and a lot of ways trying to make myself smaller because that's what our culture sells us as a solution is to diet usually, um, and do whatever else you can to change yourself. But yeah, so I wasn't confident in my body, but I was confident in my words and my abilities and that helped me in good stead. But when I did learn these lessons that I put into Love Your Body and I learned them in my early 20s through these body positive influences, through my friends who are also doing the same learning, were very open and have critical discussions. And hmm. um, yeah, I kind of, I, I taught myself a different way. I challenged these negative thoughts every hmm. time they came up and I combated them with self-compassion. Yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that they've completely gone away. Like I still have them from time to time. Yeah, um, of course. To acknowledge because um, it's social conditioning. So it's kind of like we're doing unlearning and sometimes, you know, it takes a lot of time and sometimes a thought pops up and it's not necessarily our own, but we kind of be like, all right, I hear you, but, you know, I'm going to combat it with this. So the advice I put in there is advice that I use myself um, and that they're all just lessons that I had learned. Um, from other yeah. women yeah so through this um, you mentioned this be before body positive community I haven't come across it can you tell a little bit about yeah. what's the work behind it hmm. yeah well body positive body positivity has been around for quite a while and it was actually started by um, like lesbian women back in the day mm -hmm. fatter lesbian women and who were just like you know their bodies their sexuality um, were radical And so they kind of were like, we're going to just be positive about our body. And that in itself was a radical act. And so they kind of started this movement, which has gradually seeped into popular culture, which is pretty cool. Um, it has been taken sometimes a little bit differently than what it intended, but often it's not acknowledged the roots and where it came from. So, so it came from, but a lot of people are basically saying, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of the energy and time that was robbed from me. I've had enough of chasing a beauty ideal. And I'm going to show my body in its truth. And sometimes, you know, it might not necessarily mean that they love it all the time, but they are showing it and they're talking about it. And when I say they, it's usually someone who is an advocate or a um, quote unquote influencer in online spaces mm. um, who is just talking about their experiences, sharing with the community. Um, there's a lot of movement around health at every size, which is stopping the discrimination of fat bodies, you know, often someone might come into a doctor's office and they're in a bigger body. And instead of treating the symptoms, they're treating the fatness because we have so ingrained that that equals their in poor health. And then they might have cancer or they might have something else going on that actually becomes undetected. Yeah. Um, so it's stopping, you know, there's a lot of fat phobia in our culture um, and yeah. fat 
body positivity is also combating that. Mm. Um, and this idea of treating everyone as equal, you know, we're in a Black Lives Matter movements and Black Lives Matter, we're talking about that. But often um, people who are in bigger bodies can be really discriminated, maybe not in the life-threatening way of police, but they can be discriminated in all kinds of awful ways. And on a day-to-day basis, if you follow some of these women in bigger bodies, they'll share with you the abuse that they receive, you know, yeah. on a daily, weekly basis. It's disgusting yeah. and horrible. And, um, you know, we know that shame doesn't work. Mm. So when people say, oh, I'm saying this because well, I want you to be healthier, it's like shame could be potentially the most damaging thing to someone mm. that there is. So, mm. yeah, in broad terms, that's kind of the body positive movement. And there's a lot of people in online spaces advocating and talking about this stuff. And they probably sit on a spectrum as in with any movement. Um, but it's been personally really helpful uh, for me. Uh Yeah, the um, one thing that I heard you saying was the bigger body shame, and I've been part of these um, seminars for doctors where we put them into fat suits, as we call them, you know, they get the extra bulk around them, and then we put weights on them as well so they can feel the amount of the weight people carry, and we make them uh, train, you know, like we, we make them walk through an establishment. We make them do workouts. And, you know, you could easily put there then, why are you not doing this? This is so easy. Why are you not stepping up? You know, and they, for the first time, they can feel through their own bodies what it is like mm-hmm. when a person comes to them with adipose. You know, this, I'm not sure whether this translates. That's the German word for it, adipose. Um, when people are, you know, like when they have bigger bodies. And I think that really contributes or like I was very proud to be part of that movement and helping Mm -hmm. doctors at the, you know, who then kind of give them metabolic blockers, which kind of doesn't help, you know, in one way it makes them tired. And then when they're tired, they can't move the body, then the body can't process and so on and so forth. So yeah, we we so easily judge when we're on the side of normal, you know, like when we can, like you and I, we're, as you say, you know, we're Caucasian, both white, female, you know, like probably with pretty attractive bodies to, to the outside world or with normal bodies to the outside world. And mm-hmm. so when we're on that side of normal, it takes a tremendous effort to wake up to what other people walk through. And then at the same time, it's so difficult to, bear to see all these people in in pain and suffering and and that is probably the pivoting point for me in my work where I feel like if I cannot be compassionate with myself if I don't understand where my moods my opinions and you know where my own energy comes from and my courage you know that I want to build in this world then I cannot have the same uh, then, then I cannot bring that forward in towards other people. So this is a little bit the work I do, you know, people around their bodies and around the energy building. And mm-hmm. that's why I also was attracted to that book very much because to me, you are doing preventional work. You know, when, when we start to wake up early and get confidence in who we are, then we don't need to do so much, uh, scraping off later you know this constant scraping that we're yeah yeah absolutely yeah i call it unlearning but it is it's just like that's exactly it it's preventative work and that was my thinking when i made it i was like i don't want young girls to have to go through what i went through um and it shouldn't be that that is their destiny because my experience 
is the norm really like it's sort of not even it's not the worst of it i've had many friends with really severe eating disorders um one of which yeah. lost their life at 19 from an eating disorder like my experience is very much the norm and it shouldn't be um this shouldn't be normal and yeah, we have to start earlier so that they don't have to do all this unlearning. Because I found so many of the resources and the body positive movement is amazing, educating usually women and men in like adulthood, but mm. we're not doing anything for kids. And yeah. um, they're just spending too many years in that shame that they shouldn't have to. So yeah, I think getting in early, starting these conversations early is just so important to save them all that time that we had to spend. <laughs> Yeah, true. So having written this book, you know, like and invested a lot of energy and now it's taken momentum beyond your own kind of <laughs> expectations. What do you what do you want to do with this? Because I know I have this book and sometimes I look into it to just feel back inspired and sometimes I leave it in the bathroom for my daughter so she can be, you know, sneak peek inspired again. Um, but w what are you planning on doing with this momentum or is there um like an idea that you want to follow yeah um i think like we spoke about earlier it's i don't think that my work is necessarily limited to just sort of body acceptance i think it's acceptance of all kinds and promoting kindness and self-care and as you said taking care of yourself so that you can be empathetic towards others um you know emotional resilience all that kind of stuff is really important to me so I, I did come out with a second book, um, which is only available in Australia at the moment, right. um, but it was called Me Time and it was kind of for, I guess, um, older, yeah, older, so maybe your teens to your adults around just um, really accessible ways that you can take care of yourself and some of the research and, and why that you should be doing that. Because for me, I'm a practical brain too, so it kind of helps to understand what this is doing for my body, for my mind, um, and it's all in time. So you can dip in, it's like one minute, five minute, 10 minute that kind of stuff. So that's been really lovely to hear back people having that on their bedside and dipping in and feeling that I love the feedback I've been getting. And this is what I hoped is that it's um, every time they open it, they don't feel overwhelmed or that they're not doing good enough. They feel that they've done something just by doing something little and that they yeah. feel good about that, which I think is those stepping stones. Um, but in momentum, I've got something coming out in Australia in September that I'm really excited about. And it's basically I wrote this book because of the challenges that was facing girls and it was holding them back from achieving their full potential. And so I've written something for boys that I feel is holding them back from achieving their full potential. And it's basically yeah. a love your body boy version, but it's about, it's about self-love. It's about self-care. It's about emotional resilience, but it's also about redefining what it means to be male and what it means to be a boy, to be a man. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that is just trapping them in this tiny man box. Yes means that they're causing harm to themselves they're also in adulthood causing harm to others sometimes um and it's restricting them from being their true selves and i think that is just robbing it's just awful when you're robbed from that freedom to be yourself i think that is the greatest theft so um that's kind of what i'm working on for boys and it's called be your own man and i'm i'm i think that my amazing german publisher might bring it on into germany too we'll see how we go but um i hope they will um because they've just been amazing they're just the best publisher yeah. um yeah so that's kind of where i'm going and then i just think i'm already thinking up new ideas i want to want to provide you know appropriate informed positive sex education to teenagers yeah that would be really awesome because yeah. 
that is just something that's missing from our curriculum. And I think curriculums all over the world, um, we're just moving through, you know, understanding our bodies more, like you were saying about puberty. Um, I just read a book called period power by Maisie Hill and it was amazing. And I just mm-hmm. learned things about my own body that I didn't know yeah. and learned about my cycle in a really empowering way. Um, in a way that makes me feel like it's not a burden or the worst thing to happen, but actually so natural and beautiful and I can work with it instead of against it. So more of that kind of stuff, I hope. Um, I'm just going to keep yeah. trying to be as intuitive as possible because um, that's, I think, when the best stuff happens. <laughs> Absolutely. When we kind of feel like we can be led instead of having to figure it out all by ourselves. That's what I kind of thought when I heard your st- story about like how you ran into your publisher, you know, in, into, into the bookshop uh, researching what you wanted to do and then this woman offering you to sell your book. And I think that was to me like I believe in science as such you know like I think there is some signs that we should recognize as like yeah this is a positive step so let's follow this and not get too conceptual about everything (laughs) yeah just trust just trust in your feeling in your gut in your body um I think we get good at ignoring it sometimes and dismissing it but when you can actively practice to listen to it it will lead you in unexpected and exciting ways um is what I found so it's yeah it's it's fun <laughs> yeah thank you um is there any I mean we we spoke about all your publications so this is what you probably wanted to put to my listeners our listeners uh forward I highly recommend to get a books even if you're an adult you know love your body I also kind of sneaked onto your Instagram and saw the me time and I thought like I gotta get that because it's all along what I want to do and encourage people to do to how do you create self-love how do you create more rest balance you know in your life instead of feeling you have to be at the forefront and always doing so that's (laughs) that's why I'm already intrigued with the other book what it is (laughs) exactly and I you know I needed that myself I'm like I need to write this book for me. So I take my own advice because um, I can sometimes get, yeah, the productivity oh. kind of train will take you, but it will, um, it will hurt your body and your mind in the process. Yeah. So rest is just the best thing for us. Um, but yeah, if you, if it's, uh, you're welcome to ask any other questions though. If you want to talk about anything else um, to the book, that's totally fine. I've got a few more minutes, but. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, the, so the I love your body. I, I think we covered that. Can you, can you talk a you know, what I'm hearing you say, you know, you're totally into doing these books and doing the recipes and I'm also in education, you know, like, so I'm, I almost had this idea and maybe this shouldn't be kind of be here on the podcast, but I thought like, you know, like, how can we support your work a little bit more? You know, where do you feel like it's reaching people where, since it's been 2018, we have 2020 now. So do you see an impact and where do you see there is still help needed? Is there people you want to reach out to? And yeah, or, you know, maybe can people reach out to you to get you on board for project? I don't know. That's what was um, I think that you, you touched on education and I just, I think that is the most important thing that we can do like worldwide is invest in quality education and um, you know, communities coming in and saying, hey, this is important to us, put it in our schools, teach it to our children. So Love Your Body does have lesson plans. And I think on my German publisher's website, they're probably there. I don't know if they've converted them into German yet, 
but um, they maybe not. Mm. But I do have them in English on my website, which is re-shape.info. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, yeah. if you wanted to be able to bring that into a school, you can, you know, you, you can do that, which is really exciting. I think the best help that anyone can do in there is, is really from a community level. Mm. And how do you bring this education in? So it could be that you bring it in, you know, you have a book and you lend it to a family member or a young woman in your life that you think might need it at that time, or it could be, you know, getting together in a little women's circle or you all have young girls at a similar age, getting them together and having these conversations together, sharing as adult women as well about your experiences in a way that you feel is age appropriate. Um, that's really transformative. I think that, um, yeah, I think that there's lots of things that we can do on our own worlds and communities. And, and my work at the moment, I'd love to expand it to be more accessible and digital. Um, but right now, it's just kind of books because I've found that for my energy input, the, the outcome is the most sort of powerful. Like yeah. I can reach most people, like, you know, we printed maybe 25,000 copies here in Australia. You know how long it would take me to reach 25,000 kids? Like I couldn't do yeah. it in 10 years. No. Um, and so to be in their homes and to have repeat access to that, I think is just so powerful. Um, so I'm just going to try and keep making resources that can be used so check out the reshape website there's like body yeah. positive coloring in sheets there's um sort of tips and books that i really want to add to so i think that's the best mm. thing that people can do yeah 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 beautiful and my thinking was along the lines that you you learned your strength in a community and that's also what i feel you know when we feel that there is the power of the people as we're noticing it right now with all the movements around you know black lives matters that's been reborn even though it was there since 2017 and um but that community is such a strong lead in holding our values at the right standards instead of being dragged down by other marketing <laughs> and other, I don't know, you know, strategies of the outside world that gives us the feeling we are all a norm instead of we are being mm -hmm. all different people. Yeah. So community. Yeah. I would, uh, you know, my own encouragement to anybody who's listening and wants to bring this forward to their children, to their girls, you know, would be to, to maybe do something like a book club, you know, with all the other girls and have fun with the materials that Jessica developed and you can do it in English and you can do it in German. So <laughs> you can even do this kind of crossover thing where <laughs> yeah. you need on all levels. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Because unfortunately, I missed this education in my, you know, in my schooling. Um, but we don't necessarily have to wait for school to do everything either. We can take that education into our own hands. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. the power of books, really. So, you know, seeking out diverse books for your bookshelf, making sure that everyone's represented and different experiences are represented. That's where you're starting the process of kids learning to empathize because empathize really like empathy is a learned skill. Um, so, you know, all these things, you're shaping little people of tomorrow if you're a parent, which is a huge responsibility, um, but an, an incredible magical thing. You can just create the world that you want to be in, which is kind of what I'm trying to do with these books is shape the next generation, um, which I think we're also doing an amazing job. We've got all these like school strikers and people, you know, kids all over the world getting involved advocacy. It's really cool. 
Um, yeah. So we're, yeah, we're getting there. They'll, the the next generation will, will save us all. I think. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> so. improvement after so many years, you know, and decades. And then maybe give us a sneak peek on your new book. Is there anything like? I mean, I got totally intrigued hearing about the boys, you know, in their boxes. So what is you know? Can you give us a sneak peek, a tip that you're kind of promoting, or what's the vision behind that? Um. The vision, it's kind of like the structure and the setup and the aesthetics is quite similar to Love Your Body, but it is kind of that, I, it's me speaking to boys and just saying, hey boys, do you know that you're one of a kind, that there are so many ways to be a boy, you could be this or you could be that and you don't have to be anything anyone else wants you to be, um, you know, that you're enough exactly as you are and you are amazing. But also I've really emphasised um, the emotional resilience skills. So I talk about feelings and I talk about when we hold in feelings and we start to sort of, um, I guess, close the door on bigger, scarier feelings, we actually stop having access to all our other feelings as well. And then those feelings can grow, become heavier and weigh us down. And just the importance of releasing them, expressing them, feeling them, no matter what they are, you know, not feeling shame about them, releasing them. And then we feel lighter and stronger and mm. we can, access those happy feelings again and that's really self-care which is in love your body as well but i've organized it more into feelings so boys can be specific if i'm feeling worried if i'm feeling angry um, i might do these things to help me release them and um, at the end it encourages them to think about you know the kind of boy they are today is the kind of man they're going to be tomorrow and if we can just you know ignore all these messages and listen to who we truly are and just embrace those um, you'll become the person that you're always meant to be yeah. so that's kind of the the overview of it but um yeah oh delightful i'm so looking forward i don't have a boy at home but i'm still reading it <laughs> i will get all your books i even i was trying to get it in english and then i found it very hard and i could only get the um, it in german and thank you to zuckersuis verlag who kind of published you and who is mm. doing incredible work i think it's like they they are um only two people i think it's a couple who runs um, little family yeah, yeah. and she's um you know i have i'm relatively new to publishing but um it makes you realize just the importance of a person that shares your values working in a publishing company um and your mission and also you know she they're quite a young family and they're being really innovative in the way that they promote it and it seemed to have worked really well because all the feedback we were getting from other german publishers was oh it doesn't fit our category we can't do it but this just shows you that you can break out of a category and you can absolutely knock it out of the park. Like they yeah. sold out their first print run in the first month. They've got all this amazing press and um, feedback. So, um, you know, it's that next generation of publishers and, and um, yeah, just wonderful people. She's um, really carefully picking out and curating yeah. the books that she wants to have as well, um, which is really cool. So I definitely recommend checking out the other books. There's a good book about um, the young boys in there as well, actually. Yeah, I saw some of the books and I thought like amazing. And what you're saying to me, and um, we're coming to the end of this show, but what I hear you saying is, you know, don't trust the norm, you know, like in all the ways, you know, don't think in norms, think out of the box, think, you know, mm -hmm. even if it comes to your own projects, don't, don't listen to all the standard advices, find somebody who is speaking your language, you know, who's voicing your voice and your desires. And there is a place for you in this world. That's what I hear you say. There's a place for everybody yeah. in this world. It's big enough. 
<laughs> Definitely. And we need those diverse voices. We need difference. You know, yeah. norm is very boring. And it also, you know, it's, Definitely. <laughs> it's boring. We, we and don't assume that other people know the best way to do something. And so you should just go in and copy their way of doing it. Like yeah. it just, it doesn't tend to work. The best things come out of innovation and, and exactly. thinking and different yeah. experiences. There's so many stories that need to be told that are not being told. And there's so many books that need to exist that, you know, that should have existed, but haven't because those maybe people or stories haven't had access to, to publishing or to books. So again, think outside the box, crowdfunding the internet, you know, we have access to everything now, which is yeah. pretty cool. So, um, yeah. yeah, but you're right. You summed it up very well. I think that's exactly it. Don't trust the norm. <laughs> Don't trust the norm. And if you want to know more about Jessica or if you want to follow her, she's on Instagram. I am Jess Sanders and uh, you have a website along to this book and everything will be featured in the underneath this podcast. Um, so you can read up and click the links to her work if you want to follow this new talent and voice in our community of striving women <laughs> thank you so much for your time again jess you no worries it's been a pleasure yeah and thank you to the listener and see you next time <laughs>